Are you being pulled over or are you being pulled in? Two retired law enforcement officers sharing their life story with hard-hitting reality of life on the job. At times, they're funny. Sometimes, they're dead serious. Their mission, keep you entertained and educate you to what truly happens out on the streets. It's another day in the life of a cop. Get ready for the ride of your life. Welcome to Copology. Hey, welcome back. This is Sarge. And Bobby. And this is another exciting episode of Copology Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Today's topic. What do you think? Well, yeah, I don't know what the topic is. Well, the topic is advice. Advice to the youngins. Yeah, to the ones that want to be police officers. The and, youngins. And, and I don't mean age youngins. I mean the, the, the newbies, the wanna, wannabe ones. Ones that are thinking about going into the academy. Yeah. I, okay. Yep. I won't say don't do it. And the reason why I say it is because it's a noble profession. I really think it is. I, I got into police work. I wanted to be a cop since I was eight years old. Yeah, I didn't. And it's funny is because it started out where we had I this... I did like guns when I was eight years old, though. You like guns? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never <laughs> been... You know, it's funny. Being I used to sleep with a gun under my pillow when I was eight years old. Wow. Is that weird? Do you really want to talk... <laughs> <laughs> I still sleep with one under my pillow. <laughs> I'm not paranoid. Who's that? What's that? What's that? Why, is your blinds, why are your blinds closed? Oh, that's funny. Uh, no, um, when I was a young man, I was eight years old and we had a couple people uh, that my dad was friends with that were with the old O'Galley police department. That was years and years ago before they migrated, integrated into Melbourne. Right. And, um, one guy, his name was Mike and we had another guy, he retired a Lieutenant from my agency, uh, years ago, uh, name's Richard. Um, they were, you know, they were they were influential in my decision to becoming a cop, but what really sealed the deal. And I tell this story and people laugh at me was when I was at, uh, at elementary school, I think I was in the second or third grade. I was eight. So I probably went third grade. And (laughs) they had this mechanical bicycle. It was during bike safety week. And it was a mechanical bicycle, mechanical bicycle. It was a mechanic. It was like, like, like a, now this is the '60s. I'm trying okay. to picture this. So this is like '69, '70, okay. And 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 there was a there was a red and white bicycle. It was like a radio flyer or something like that, or a Schwinn or something like that. But there was a cord attached to it, and it went into the teacher's lounge. But the, you know, and there was a cop looking out the window, and it was a microphone, and he would talk to us. <laughs> and 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 the, the 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 officer that came out and I didn't know this until I got with with my agency and did some research. And they still had the bike. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't find. If I did, I would have taken it. Um, it was um, the the guy the the school resource officer. Now the school I went to was actually named after 
an O'Galley police officer who was a was a, kind of like a pal back in the early days, right, pal. Right. Uh, and the guy that was the resource officer, the res- or the, the, the I, w- I don't want to use the, the term SRO, but he was a he was the school truant officer or went around and talked to the kids. Right. That guy. It's probably just his area. No, no, this guy was he was an older guy. They named uh, they named a park after him right next to where your son works at the fire station. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jimmy okay. Moore. They call him Jimmy Moore Park. I didn't know this. The guy was chief of police of the Galley Police Department way back in the day. So this guy is like, you know, like decades and decades involved in, 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 in police work back in the days. And when, when I knew him, he was just a regular patrolman and he went out and talked to kids about school safety and about gun safety and about bicycle safety and about stranger danger, whatever it is. And that was his job. And so he, he would have been kind of like the community officer for the local schools and he was a big influence in me becoming a police officer. And so when I went into police work, I wasn't in any way, shape, or form under the guise that it was going to be a glorious time. Because, you you know, I was told that the best, the most accurate police, the police show of the time, you know, because back in them days, it was Hill Street Blues. Right. That was the bomb, you know? And... And and I'm like and we were nothing like nothing like blues. it. The, the the only show <laughs> I kid you not the only show that is the most accurately portrayed in police work was Barney Miller. Barney, <laughs> yeah, I love Barney. Miller. I know it's true, and I watch it every night now on Philo. I swear, it's, it I could go. Yeah, I remember things like that. You know, the guy turning into the werewolf. Oh yeah, we've had a couple of those guys. <laughs> you know? And uh, so I I didn't get into law enforcement under the guise of that I'm going to save the world. And I think that helped temper me down. So in advice, you know, what kind of advice would you want to give these young kids and these young adults that want to become police officers? I think, I think first of all, if that's what you want to do, um, God bless you. That is, it, it is a noble endeavor. It really is. It's a, as, as, well, it's as, as noble as you make it. Sure. I, I, because I think you can go into it and you can really tarnish the nobility of what has been created by those that have passed. Oh, sure. But I do think you can go into it and definitely put a, put a blemish on it if you don't go into it for the right reasons. And I can't see, I can't, it's, it's funny because I was, I was listening to another podcaster whom I won't name. Um, but, he was talking more towards a military a military aspect of things, and, and he was having a hard time. He said young kids are coming to him saying, hey, I want to do what you did kind of deal, and how, how do I get there? And he's not finding the, the ability to talk about it in a positive light. <laughs> and I, I'm... There's I, a lot of truth to that. <laughs> I'm... I'm on the fence with with law enforcement it, it was a great time um i do believe it's what you put into it sure yeah you know you can go into it with the mindset and very quickly get sucked down the uh the the mental mind shaft of of this place is the worst place i've ever been at you know, and, and the people they, they can get become toxic. You you get on the wrong side of, of well, we discussed that in our last show on bullying. Yeah, of yeah. of law enforcement, and you can really, you can 
you can really have a bad time with it. But so it's all of what you make of it. You've got to try to find the positive sides of it. That's great advice. The, the things that make you that make you desire to do it and and focus obviously you have a job to do but focus on the positive aspects because i think if you it's really easy to get sucked into the negative ones mm-hmm. yeah stay and, away from toxic people yeah. that's another thing i would i would say that cuz that that's how that starts it, it, somebody, it's hard to stay away from it's them. like you know we have a saying you know if you see two police cars you know driver door to driver door which is what this is yeah which basically <laughs> they're they're complaining about something yeah uh, and 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 you're absolutely right when when you you know i had to now there was times that i wasn't happy at work and 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 i'm not gonna lie and and i've discussed it with you privately and on the show and then most of it had to go down to leadership and how people treated other people. Now, I understand that when you have people in charge and they make decisions, you got to abide by them. And so you have to go back to the to the to the old mantra of is it illegal, ethical and moral? If it's not legal, then don't do it. If it's not ethical, don't do it. If it's not moral, then don't do it. You're obligated not to do it. It's like it's like your oath. Right. So. And that's why when I walked into my office every day, there was a piece of paper that i printed out that said quit your whining get back to the reason you became a police officer get back to work and that was very and, and you know you walk in the office thinking it was the supervisor telling his officers but that was for me it wasn't for them it was for me <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was you know um but and, and and i think that's really but the reason you got into law enforcement goes out the window when you become a sergeant no because you're not your responsibility is for those people that are un, under your span of control and all of their problems. You're, you're no longer, you're no longer a, a, you may do some police work. I, I don't, cause I don't want to, I don't want to insult you, but you're the core the, of your, the core of your existence is to take care of those five to eight, maybe 10, 13, 13, 12, you know, depending on the span of control that your agency has established, but that's your, that's your little, that's your little world is to take care of them and all their problems. But in that, that basically is the core of what I, why I became a police officer. To become a supervisor? No, not to become a supervisor, but to help people and, and assist people. And to... But that's what I mean. By the time you, when you make sergeant, you're, the reason you got into law enforcement it it has changed. Oh, but yeah, I mean it's a young man's game. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean I was a canine handler for eleven years, four years prior to that, prior to that in the Air Force. So I got fifteen years of running with a dog under my belt, and my body hurts because of it. Oh yeah, and it's sure. been two thousand seven was when I got when I got promoted. So I mean almost twenty years. So it's been what two thousand seven seventeen, yeah. So sixteen years. But for, I, I'd be honest, years. for the I know we need people coming into law enforcement, and I applaud those people that we see coming through the academy. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think if I had to give them any, I would first say, do your homework. Really yeah. investigate whether or not this is the career path that you want to take. Yeah, you get to see some gnarly stuff. Because I don't think that testing the waters by... Spending all the time in the academy, you're five, six months in the academy, the money that it costs to do that, then to go through a 16 to 20 week 
FTO indoctrination into your agency to come out and say, I don't think this was what I wanted to do. That's a horrible, that, that's a waste of a year right there, man. A, yeah, that's a horrible, horrible. That's a year of your life will um, never get back. Yeah, a horrible way to to find out you don't want to do it. Yeah. Do your homework, figure out if it's really what you don't want to do. And then the goal, I think, would be to, uh, I said this earlier, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, that's, that's The idea true. is to get to retirement because that's where you're not going to make a whole lot of money as a cop. Yeah. Even if you get promoted, the money's not great. It gets better. And depending on where you're working, um, it can get substantially better. But again, the economy is still going to eat up that money because if you're making more money, you're probably it's probably because the cost of living in the location that you're at yeah. is higher. Yeah, so like everybody talks about. I want to work in, in was it uh, um, Long Island? You know, the cops there start out at one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. Right. Yeah, but, but McDonald's hamburger costs thirteen bucks. But I want to live. <laughs> I want to live down here. <laughs> That's right. I want to work up there and live down here. <laughs> I want to make their money and live down here. <laughs> so it, it's kind of it's relative, but the big the big the big bang, mm -hmm. so to say, is at the end. It's the end goal. It's the retirement and the the. Yeah. Most retirement plans um, are it, pretty substantial yeah. because they're defined benefits, which yeah. is going by the wayside. So it's expensive. It's very expensive. Very expensive. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think if you're if you're coming into law enforcement, you number one, do your research. Find out, go ride even before. Sure, yeah. Even I would even say go, go do an explore academy. program if they have it. Um, and talk to cops. Talk yeah. to a lot of different cops. Go to a lot of different places. Do your homework. Um, yeah, because you're going to talk to guys that are, you know, and it's good to talk to the ones that are jaded. And it's also good to the ones that talk to the ones that are excited. Because yeah. you get the whole gambit. I mean, and it, that, that's really a great point, Bobby, that it, it, you know, you watch Adam 12, you watch all these police shows, you watch Chicago PD and all that kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. If I shot my gun as many times as they did, there's the paperwork alone. How do you get out on the road so quick? I don't even remember Adam 12 shooting their gun. Adam Adam 12 hardly ever did. They would shoot guns back Chips, and forth. You couldn't draw, they couldn't draw weapons. There was a couple times they out. did, but the actual main actors never did that I saw. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember Starsky and Hutch. My, and a moment of silence for David Soul. Who just oh, yeah. He away. just passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Starsky and Hutch was one when, of those shows. When they're that, listening to this, it'll be about, what, about a month and a half, two months. Yeah, before. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. He was one of those, not just him alone, but uh, that show, Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> always wanted to be a, yeah. an undercover cop yeah. sliding across the hood of my car. Yeah. Dun -dun -dun -dun, and yeah. then you catch your pant leg on it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't work, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't work. Uh, that, you know, it, it, yeah. I mean, but these are the things that cause us to want to do what we do. But there's... I still don't know what caused me to want to do this this job. No, no. But you did it so well, well for somebody you. that didn't want to do it. Well, and not that I didn't want to do it. I just like I didn't have. I don't remember a childhood moment. Although that Your story of me though. sleeping with my cap gun under my pillow is true. <laughs> um, I don't. 
and my dad was uh, career military, career law enforcement military. Uh, I didn't want to go in the military, mm-hmm. but at some point when I, I, I chose to go in the military, um, I wanted to go into law enforcement, but I don't know why. I don't know if it was like just to carry on the, the family legacy kind of thing or, or what it was. Cause I don't remember having like this, this moment of, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Because I don't remember having it as a kid. We, you know, obviously, it was a cool thing as a kid. Um, the gun, the, the belt, the the uniform and all that. It was all cool. But I don't, like, I, as a kid, I don't remember what I wanted to be. There was never, like. I think I was born to do it. I really do. You know, even though I don't look the part. I, I just. I think when I did it, I wanted to do it, but I don't know what made me want to do it. Well, you know, I mean, aspects are going to change. Like when I got into police work, I was initially got into police work. I wasn't married. I was, you know, I was dating my, my current wife now. She was, she's been a pillar, man. Let me tell you. I mean, there was times I got discouraged and I'm not going to lie to you back in the, in the, in the, in the early eighties, if you weren't a certain color and you weren't a certain sex, they weren't going to look at you. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> and it was difficult. That's why I joined the Air Force, because I just couldn't could, couldn't get a job. Um, so I went and joined the military, and then when I got out of the Air Force, I applied. and, and But at that time, I guess it had changed. Well, it didn't change because no. your agency wouldn't wouldn't hire <clears throat> me because they they were recruiting a female out of Ohio. Uh, I'm not going to say her name, but she got her position uh, got my position to go to the academy, and then I was kind of God, disheartened. Who was that? She must not have stuck around because I don't remember. What... She, from what I understand, I, I I heard that she never made it off FTO, so they made her like a evidence technician, and then I mean, I'm just speaking on what you know what I had heard. I don't know the validity or the accuracy of right. it. But she, her, I guess somebody in her family died and willed her like two million dollars, and she went and left and went back to Ohio. Oh, I do know who that <laughs> is. <laughs> See, I do know who yeah, that but they, is. Now. But they told me no, no, we don't. I didn't pass the, you know, the, 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 the to get on with your agency. Uh, I didn't pass the, 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 the interview phase basically. And then when I was in the academy, she was in my class. Well, I will tell you that agency, the agency that I was with, would run you through the ringer, and I, I run you through the ringer mm-hmm. to get hired yeah and so i didn't they hired her and another another kid uh another guy from ohio i don't know if they're related or they were but i don't know but they came down we went to the academy together and then i remember we were doing dt and uh, the instructors that i had at that time were all all melbourne there was um Mark Latterwork, he's no longer with us. Right, I remember Mark. Yeah. He taught and my academy. The Bushido, right? And yep. then and then a guy named Keith Cowart and that I actually spent the majority of my career working with, a dynamite guy. Great, great guy. A great cop. And and he's now retired and and and, and well deserved retirement. And then Frank Armisen. And Frank Armisen <laughs> was the oh, he was the coolest guy. And I had so much fun with him and learned so much from him and loved working with him. He was just he was such an intense individual. 
and these guys you know they would they were they we called them mongo the, the mongo squad because they were so tough but we were doing monsters uh, they were too man and yeah. and they were all involved in that ladder work type jujitsu whatever it was that they worked and and they were good they were very good and so we she got the job uh with with your agency and we were doing three i think quarter speed um striking on the neck what, what nerve is that um the brachial yeah the brachial stun we were working on brachial stuns and the guy that one of the guys that i was the academy with and he was at my agency and he's since passed away too vinny um vinny uh can't think of his last name but anyways he um he was doing it and he was th like half speed and he hit her on the side of the neck and she grabbed her neck and fell to the ground <laughs> and ran out crying and we're all like what happened and Vinny just looks around and he goes and the next time i tell you i want my coffee hot you're gonna give me my coffee hot <laughs> which is inappropriate so don't do that but it was hilarious at the time and uh um <laughs> but anyways i digress but uh it, it, you know i got hired by by my agency and um and it was just interesting on how it worked you know i walked in and you know one one of them was a prior canine i was prior canine. one was hired uh was uh prior um eot or eod and i was a bomb dog handler and so we hit it off and it worked out and i got hired and it was a good thing and i enjoyed i did 30 years there and i enjoyed so your agency was a little more diverse than mine was yeah i mean i i can tell you my my agency was predominantly white yeah yeah was very, that's true very, i don't know if that was by design was very it? vanilla um I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, I got hired along with another officer who was, who came from Indy Atlantic. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was him, myself, and then another one, uh, who was going through the Academy with me, mm -hmm. got hired on all about the same time frame. Mm -hmm. Well, we started FTO at the same time frame, basically. Um, guy from Indy Atlantic that it came over happened to be a white male. The other guy that attended the academy with me happened to be uh, a Colombian uh, male. Mm -hmm. So Hispanic. Yeah. Um, but the agency itself was very pale. I mean, I can count, I could count on one hand those officers that were not. Yeah. We had a lot of female officers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I said, I don't know if it was a lot in, in, in retrospect, I don't know if it was a lot based on, uh, demographics, but it, there were, there seemed to be a lot me coming in. There was a lot of female officers, but not that many. We had no female officers of color mm -hmm. and except her, <laughs> the one that took my job. Uh, yeah, but, but she, she didn't wasn't. Make it. I don't think she, she wasn't made it. there. Did she ever she work the road? I don't think so. Because um, I heard that I heard I heard she didn't she didn't qualify firearms, and she didn't qualify DT. I heard and I stories heard that, of her, but nothing derogatory. I yeah, just heard and I heard that 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 the, your agency was going to do the training and get her certified because they had numerous FDLE certified instructors over at your agency. And we had one one black male officer, yeah. but. 
He was it's not book. that way anymore. He though. was a booking. Officer. You guys got a, no, 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 no. You guys it's, got a good group of guys over there. Well, I'll be honest with you. Other than the squabbles, and, and the listener needs to know that we were neighboring agencies, and we squabbled. We constantly would would you know. Well, you guys didn't like it that <clears throat> we would go up and police in your area. Yeah, you'd start riots and, and leave. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not you particularly, but it happened. Well, I don't and, think I started a riot, but I did. It was more your south end. Yeah, was obviously our north end. And remember when they put us together? And I loved working that area of town. Oh yeah, because yeah. it was active. Sure, yeah, it, it was gave you something to go. do. I, that's where I did my all my most of my field training. Nobody wants there. to. Well, I, there were there were some people that actually that I worked with that I knew did not. One actually made it very well known that he didn't like to go up in that area because it was active. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But that's why I got into. I mean, I don't say that's why I got into law enforcement, but I didn't get into law enforcement to drive around, sit around doing nothing. I wanted to get into. Yeah, you want to make a get difference. Into the action, you know, get, and, and a lot of things. You know, mix. a lot a lot of people tell you, well, you know. You know, you, you wanted to help people when you... Yeah, that's exactly why I got into it. I wanted to be a productive member of society. You know, I, I think, thought it was my way of giving back. Yeah, what I what I said in my interview was pretty accurate. I went into... When I got asked at my agency why I wanted to come into law enforcement, I had served my country, and I was proud of having served my country mm-hmm. for the period of time that I was in the military. And I knew that I wanted to serve in whatever capacity whether it was to stay in the military or be in law enforcement or be in a community where i could serve my community yeah and And i think that's what i think that's what it really boils down to yeah i i felt like although i mean there's a lot of military history in my family Mm -hmm. my background i have uncles and that were and further back that were military mm-hmm. law enforcement had just started, but I felt like that it was kind of like a, a it's still a service public service um, entity that would help. You know, I think my family comes from a family of service providers. Sure. That's, you know, and I, I wanted the retirement, honestly. That that was another reason. I didn't say that in my interview. I know. That never crossed my mind until I got into the job. I was looking at retirement long before I even got into, to be honest with you, my agency, I selected my agency for about three reasons. One was it was, it was innovative in training. They, they were. That's a fact. It was one of the largest states in the city, or it is largest largest <laughs> cities in the state. That's not too far off. It was the fourth uh, right, largest in yeah, landmass, yeah. right? Fourth largest in landmass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought it had a lot of potential for growth. Little did I know. No, I used that excuse, and they're like, "We are the best department." I'm like, okay. <laughs> and and thirdly, was their retirement. Um, they did have a good retirement. And it just got better, but. Mm-hmm. But those were the three things there there I should say the contract and retirement, but they kinda they kinda go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, those are the three things that I looked at coming into the agency. Uh, and and I but I was looking at retirement. And I told you in one of our other conversations, I don't know why I looked at retirement. I don't know what 
I don't know if I was inherently lazy and just wanted to do nothing and get paid for it. Well, that's not doesn't happen. <laughs> well, no, because I'm still working. But yeah. um, I like to say that I'm inherently lazy, and that's why that's why I stayed with Palm Bay because you I, know, you I knew the retirement would instead. allow me. You know, firefighter be better because you eat till you're tired and sleep till you're hungry. Oh well, I, you know, <laughs> and having this conversation now, I, I, I have two boys that I've pushed. I've told them don't be cops, don't be cops, go be firemen. Yeah, and everybody loves a firefighter. But you know, I mean, in the big cities, I would say, yeah, don't be a cop in a big city because you're you've got politicians that are going to use you as pawns and. We see it in, in, in all the major all the major uh, agencies, Chicago, uh, Portland, Seattle, Los Angeles, New York City, Baltimore. And, and, and I'm not going to go political on it, but there's a certain segment of the political left that want to use them as an as scapegoat or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. Sure. So if you live in a predominantly Democrat area, I I don't know if I would be a cop at, at, the, at if I was their age. Well, I think you have to, you know, that wasn't a factor coming into it for me, but I think you do. No, have to look it's at not the a factor then, but it is now. But I think now, yeah, you have to look at the political. <clears throat> yeah, because we got the advice we give them can't uh, be on atmosphere 1980 around you know, the municipality that you want to be. Yeah, associated with. I mean, we certainly at my at my agency in in, in in the city that I work for, they had a couple of city councils that were very militant anti anti police, and yeah, and, but I think overall, but overall, Florida, Florida happens to be well much more accommodating. Well, yeah, yeah, I I, I agree, I, I really do, and uh, less accusatory. Well, it depends on where you are, and what know. what kind of a state attorney you have at that time. So there's going to be. There's going to be political factors you're going to have to take into consideration. But overall, if you want a rewarding career um, of, of actually knowing that you've changed lives or you've actually helped, yeah, I, I highly recommend going into the job. But you have to understand there's a dark side to it, too. Very dark side to it. And you will see things on a daily basis that millions of people won't, can't, they can't, they can't, they can't comprehend what you see no you know i i've been involved in situations where i thought to myself this isn't even real but it is very real but you think to yourself this can't be real well you learn to compartmentalize it i mean yeah, if you want you to do. stay sane you got to pack it away and and you know at the end of the shift uh, i packed that box up and it went in a corner of my mind and yeah I, and then that that's solid advice there too you got to learn how to compartmentalize and you can't take things. I mean, there's a lot of things you'll see that'll, you'll just be like, how can people be that way? It was funny because my wife was watching, uh, you know, some some crime show because uh, it seems to be her favorite topic. Mm -hmm. And she asked me, like, did you ever work homicide? And I didn't work homicide. I worked homicides, but I, I worked. Yeah. I worked with homicide investigators yeah. on homicides because most of them became drug related. But uh, yeah, but ninety nine. She goes, "Oh, I'm glad you didn't, because think of the things you saw." And I said, "You forget, there was a uniform guy at that call long before the detective <laughs> yeah. showed." When up. the detective, when you see the the first forty eight hours, <laughs> yeah, I think that's what she was watching. When, they're, when they're talking about the, the clock starts is when yeah. the detective gets there. There's already been a guy standing yeah, over that, the body for five hours. Probably, yeah. 
they, gosh. They got, I said... We saw it before they saw it. They're... Yeah, but I think I think the best advice I could give, um, uh, uh, the best advice I can give a young person who wants to be a police officer is develop the ability to be a critical thinker. Think outside the box, and I know that's kind of a broad topic, and but but if you think about it, um, you 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 know we we are taught in the academy who what where when and why and sometimes how. And the idea being is that you have to be able to say to yourself, why did this happen? How did it happen? Where did it happen? And then go deeper into it. So you have to, you have to go deep into your thinking. So when I have conversations with young people now, like one of the biggest things was I was at the academy and one of the students came up and he said something to the effect of, I don't think I can do this because I'm not mentally prepared or something to that effect so the first word out of my mouth was who told you that because everybody out i here, might have <laughs> you may have <laughs> uh but it, it wasn't your name that brought it up um but it was I, th- I think it was another student another student who had experience this was a couple of years ago but the fact that is is that you don't know how strong you really are until you push yourself and everybody has been conditioned to give up and I just don't, I think if you have. But that's society. I know it is, but you have to be, if you're going go to tell police. tell somebody else. If you're going to police society. He's picking on me. Yeah. Go tell somebody else. Go, yeah, exactly. So You're now that person. You know, I mean, now coming into law enforcement, they're now that person. You're, yeah. There's nobody gonna, else to tell. Exactly. You're, you're going to be the one that has to be told. Yeah. And, and so don't get into a situation where you're easily offended. Don't be offended. Remember, they're not yelling I at you. I try to offend them in DT. Well, the, as you should. Uh, you know, it, it's like we're on the gun range. Okay, we're on the gun range. Um, I don't, I don't scream at them, obviously, but I will ask them, "Who told you to do that? How, who told you to hold the gun like that?" And if it doesn't work, is it working? No, it's not working. Then why are you continuing to do it? Do you know what the, you know, I'll go off on them. I'll say, "Do you know what the, uh, you know, what what the." What insanity is? What's the definition of insanity? <laughs> You're insane right now. Stop uh, doing, the, doing the same thing and expecting a different. Yeah, outcome. exactly. So, um, d- d- but you can't wear your as a police officer. You can't wear your feelings on your sleeve because the bad guys will pick up on it. And it, like like we said before, it's a raw nerve, and they will they will flick it, and they'll flick it, and they'll flick it, and and you, you can lose your job that way. You yeah, can lose your you've got to be quickly. able to. You know, I think the the person that said it best that made the most amount of sense to me, and I it pains me to admit that uh, an old sergeant and friend of mine was right. <laughs> was uh, Dr. George Thompson? Every cop should have to take an acting class. Yeah. Because when you put on that uniform and you step out onto the street, it's showtime. That's a, that's a fact. That's a fact. I don't mean showtime in the fact that you're putting on a show and, show and dance, song and dance show. Sometimes you are. But you've got to be able to step up on and act concerned when you, that platform yep, yep. and be able to present yourself in a manner yep. that is consistent with what people expect to see out of a police officer. Yep. And that is, that is control. they want to see somebody that can take control. 
That's a, right? yep, they do. Not that they're controlling of people, but they have to be able to control chaotic situations. Yep. Situations that other people would not want to confront. Mm-hmm. They've got to be able to set aside their personal feelings in doing that. Yeah. And not allow their own feelings to jeopardize their their decision making or their judgment of the situation, but base their decisions on the facts and circumstances. Yeah. There's a lot that and there's a lot a more, ton. but he said it he, he said it best. Every officer should have to take an acting class. Well, I mean, think you, about it. You're in you a situation. Step onto the playground. Yeah. It's showtime. If think about it, how many times you've been involved in a situation where you could care less that they were on fire, but you got to act like you got to show empathy. <clears throat> you got to do that. You got to be able to show them that, yeah, what you're telling me is very important when it's really not important in the grand scheme of things. Well, when you've been to your fifth burglary of the day and this person's left their car unlocked, and uh, the, the only <clears throat> thing you can think of is if you did just. Yeah. locked your car you'd still have your stuff <laughs> yeah. you know it's hard to be empathetic to right. their loss don't leave, the, don't leave the briefcase of money on the front seat <laughs> yeah when when they help <clears throat> create the problem you know right. so yeah there's a certain amount of and there's a certain amount of acting mm-hmm. um or you look like you look like a a horse is behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then you get the complaint because the <laughs> officer wasn't, wasn't, you know. And they will. The biggest complaints I ever got as a supervisor was that the officer didn't care. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you're the fifth person I've talked to today who's done the same stupid thing. Yeah, I haven't even had breakfast yet. Sorry, folks out there that uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but that's that. You've also got to be able to deal with that. You've got yeah. to be able to, so. Well, you got to be. You got to be. Uh, I think you know one of the one of the things that a, an old an old old deputy used to tell me, and he had a whole bunch of. I already know, know what you're going to say. Yeah, but it was you had to be a <laughs> you have to be a preacher, you have to be a psychologist, you have to be a um, marriage counselor, you have to be a truant officer, you have to be a teacher, and it, all the things that you can think of, you have to be. You have to be able to do that on in the job. Everything. Everything. You are social services. Yeah, you you're the you know you're the front line. People yeah. when people, I've been we've had calls for water leaks. I mean, people calling my you know my phone's got a crackling noise in it. I mean, and you're gonna in the mentally ill. I mean, can you stand in a room with a guy who is clearly mentally ill but not a danger to himself? We had this guy in our city who <clears throat> he was Vietnamese and and he swore up and down that he was being stalked by the by the by the Vietnamese government. He may have been. Well, the problem was is they were coming <laughs> into his into his room and fondling him and things of that nature, uh, which was clearly not happening and I really felt sorry for the guy. <clears throat> but he would not go to circles of care. He would not get mental help cuz he didn't believe that he was sick. So I would have to with a straight face, you know, I would build reflecting devices for him out of coat hangers and, and, and cellophane wrap and, 
you know, you that kind of a, stuff. You gave him a, a, an aluminum hat to wear. No, I didn't do the hat. I did a, <laughs> basically it was something you hang and it would deflect the radio waves and, you know, that kind of stuff. And it counterbalances, you know, you come up with all this BS. And, and then I told him, I said, listen, this is the only problem that I have with this is that if it doesn't work, it may be mental illness, but let's verify it first, you know. Then next thing you know, he calls you because I need to go to circles of care. I think it's mental illness. So I helped that guy. You know, and, 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 and we could talk about it and, and laugh, but, it, you know, on his face, you know, you got to you got to sell it. You got to sell it. You know, I'm not going to fight the guy into the police car. I'm going to danger to himself. He's just having a real hard time. He's calling 911 because he thinks that somebody's raping him. And then, you know, and then poor guy. I felt I felt I, I think I had more compassion for him than I did anybody else. It's just one of the things. But if you're, you know, looking at becoming a police officer, there's certain things that you need to know. And I'm going to go through those now. Number one, first drop of rain to hit a cop's an act of God. The second one's an act of stupidity. <laughs> Stay out of the rain. Uh, if you're fighting somebody, don't dance with them. You didn't go to Juilliard. <laughs> that was one of my favorite ones. What do you got? I'm sure you got a bunch of them like that. I don't. I, I, I'm sitting here thinking, I, I like I knew you were going to bring up the Juilliard one because you, you say that often. <laughs> Um, no, the, the drop of rain, that was, uh, that was the most common one. Yep. And yep. I hated rain. Yeah. The military made me hate the rain. <laughs> yeah. Marching in the rain was, was not my favorite activity. Um, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't ever remember, I remember hearing those mm -hmm. and you might throw a couple more in the mix. I'm sure go, there's yeah, a bunch I of them. I remember those too, yeah. but I don't, I don't, there's I, a there ton of them that were. There were none that were uh, so poignant that it, it stuck in my mind. <laughs> You're too busy thinking about retirement. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. So um, if you uh, if you have any suggestions or anything like that, that that you think would be good that we can add on to a second show for this particular topic, let us know. I will tell you this. If you're going to look into law enforcement as a new, as a new officer, uh, go talk to your police academies. Go talk to your um, the instructors that are there. Go to your agencies, like you said yeah. earlier. Um, go do ride-alongs. If you can do ride-alongs, yeah. I would do ride-alongs. I heard now that they're not doing ride-alongs unless you're in the academy. But yeah, I, I think I you have know. to be a potential hire now. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah. But I, mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just us. But I'm sure there's other agencies throughout the state or the country. I think it, they're the doing. A, I think the agencies are doing a disservice to the public if they're not allowing the public to ride. I along agree. With them. I agree. Although I, totally. I, I got to where I hated ride-alongs um okay. well as a patrol um, but, but, guy. you know at my agency it was only three i think it was four hours that was it they had to be in and out but if they you know if somebody looked like they were going to be a potential then i would i've got to call the sergeant go hey can they stay longer but other than that it's just four hours you take them pick them up drive, and then yeah drop them off. but it was it was still i mean it, you know when you get the because they made the junior guy take all the ride-alongs yeah you get a few days no i took them i liked having them because I can answer questions and things, but that's who I was. All right, so I think we beat this dead horse. <laughs> so so uh, thanks for listening. I really appreciate you guys listening in, and, and we really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we really do. And we would like. I would like more feedback, though. I don't. I do too. I don't see a lot of feedback. Yeah. Either that's because we get nobody listening, but I, <laughs> I, I've seen the numbers, and there are people out there that. Yeah. Are, yeah. that are listening and we I'm get sure, about 30 35 40 I'm, hits a week i'm sure so. some of them are repetitive uh listeners and we appreciate that too absolutely yeah so um but i, I would like a little more feedback that'd be nice on where we should uh 
yeah. where we should go. Sure, okay. absolutely. What you guys think? Because we like I said we don't Topics. rehearse any of this. Yeah, and uh, you can contact us at copologypodcast at gmail dot com. Pop pop podcast, right? Pop 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 pop. Copology podcast at gmail. And this is Sarge. Yeah, I'm Bobby. <laughs> Take care, guys, and thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. We'll see you on the next show. Later. Be safe.